Hey guys, welcome to episode 9 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and today I have the golf fitness guy joining me, Coach Mike McDonald, uh, owner of Golf Movement Academy. Had a really great chat. I'm really excited to jump in and and let you guys listen to what we talked about. Um, Really, we're just covering topics about golf fitness, uh, the importance of golf fitness training, um, we talk about movement and flexibility. We talk about mobility. Um, we talk about pre-practice and pre-round uh, warm-ups. We talk about pain management. Uh, really excited to jump in and, and let you guys listen to what Mike has to say. I think you're going to take a lot of value away. And if you do take a lot of value, um, please, please, please uh, share it. Uh, I would really appreciate it. I know Mike would appreciate it. And uh, If you guys sit tight, we'll be right back uh, with our interview with Coach Mike McDonald. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, Episode 9 of Junior Golf Keys. Uh, This morning, I have got Mike McDonald, um, who is the owner of the Golf Movement Academy, on with me. Mike, how's it going? Great, man. How are you, Matt? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the podcast is centered around bringing value to junior golfers, uh, their parents, there's some coaches that are listening. So, you know, before we jump into kind of what you do, can you give us a little bit about your background in, in golf and fitness? Yeah, of course. I'll try to keep it short and sweet for you. Um, I was a baseball player my whole entire life. I uh, grew up in New York and ended up coming down south to play college baseball at Wofford College. And I was a psychology major in school, wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. But then when I graduated, I, I knew I always wanted to just kind of stay involved with people. I enjoyed working out. So I ended up moving back up to New York and started personal training and really loved that. And also kind of little did I know how much my psychology degree would actually help me a little bit getting started with people. So really um, blossomed with that, kind of tried to learn as much as I possibly could early on about training. And then while I was up training in New York and Connecticut, I ended up just dealing with a lot of guys that played golf, just kind of recreational golfers, belonged to clubs, just wanted to get better. And that's when I decided to go and attend the TPI certification. So I went to Titleist Performance Institute and got their certification, which I really loved, helped me kind of fine tune a couple of things with my programming. And then that really allowed me to narrow down more on the golf market which I did up there. And then my wife and I decided to move from Connecticut down here to Charleston, South Carolina. So when we did that, I decided to launch my online training business because I had all of my guys in Connecticut that wanted to keep training with me. And I needed to figure out a way to kind of make that happen. So in addition to turning our garage into a gym here where I still train people in person, I also launched my online business, which completely deals with just training golfers. So no matter where you are in the world, you can work with me from a virtual platform and you could be a a pro golfer, an amateur golfer, trying to break a hundred, doesn't matter. Um, It's just, I work with everybody and try to implement strategies in order to get people moving better, feeling better and playing some pain-free golf. So that's kind of the, the real quick breakdown of kind of where I started off and how it kind of led me a little bit down the path where I am today. Yeah. And I mean, we just started interacting. I found you on Instagram just through 
um, you know, watching some of your videos, you post a lot of really good content on there. Um, Thank you. Some things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a lot of good stuff that I think is beneficial for the game of golf. And, um, you know, we had a couple interactions and I just thought you'd be a really good person to, um, you know, share some things with junior golfers in this community that I'm working on building, um, you know, about movement and, and fitness and mobility and those types of things. Sure. Before we go into that, can you, can you, you mentioned TPI. I, I yes. know what that is, but for those folks out there that may not, um, can you go into that a little bit more and just kind of help people understand what Titleist Performance Institute is? Of course. Yep. So TPI, like you said, stands for Titleist Performance Institute. Um, founded by Dr. Greg Rose back in like the late 90s, I believe. And basically what I like to say is they're kind of like the governing body of golf fitness. So they're the ones that kind of said, all right, golfers are athletes and we need to come up with a program and a plan of how they should best train. And they're headquarters out in California, but they do certifications all over the world. And they basically break down their philosophy is pretty simple. There are a million different ways to swing a golf club. We're not going to teach you how to swing a golf club but we're going to maximize your body's ability and potential to swing a golf club. So what we're going to look at uh, specifically is how you move and how your joints move. And if there are any limitations or restrictions in movement patterns, how they correlate to the golf swing. So it's really cool because it gives golfers a ton of information and knowledge about, you know, let's say someone has, you know, they, they have a hard time. They, they tend to sway off the ball on their backswing, Right. Well, when we go through one of our assessments, we might find out that they lack, you know, right hip internal rotation, which without getting too geeky basically means they can't really rotate into their hips very well. So mm -hmm. as, a as a compensation, if you don't have that range of motion, you're going to do something else to try to make your golf swing work. So that's what our job is as TPI professionals is to analyze and assess how each individual person moves and then give them the corrective strategies to make their golf swing better and to make their movement better. So that's why it's a very, very specific and um, tailored approach to every individual, which is kind of the, the foundation of TPI. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was in the academy world for a little while and we would go through uh, FMS, functional movement screening, yeah, um, sure. you know, for the players. And I actually was working with a coach there myself just on improving my game. And, um, one of the things he was trying to get me to do had to do with hip rotation Sure. and I physically couldn't do it. Um, I had, you know, he was trying to get me to make a move and it was funny. We were joking about it, but at the same time I couldn't make that move. Yeah. So why is that important? I guess for junior golfers and any golfer really to understand what those limitations are, especially when you're going through, you know, a swing change or something like that. Yeah. You kind of nailed it because if you can't do something physically, right, how are you going to be able to do something in your golf swing? Right, You can't. Right? You're, you're not right. going to be able to, to, to replicate that movement swinging a club 100 miles an hour. So we need to identify the actual root cause of the problem, of the pain, of the restriction, whatever that may be. And that starts with having the, the education ability to understand what that limitation is. So we need to attack the restriction, fix it. And make it better so that you have the capability to play better golf because you might not understand that um, again to use another example you know maybe I maybe you come over the top and you have a hard time shallowing out the club well that's because you lack shoulder external rotation right and these are the things that we can identify and for junior players especially it's going to be something that the earlier we get this stuff moving better 
then the less compensatory patterns they're going to have in the golf swing. And then when they work with their swing coach, they're going to be much more inclined to do the things that they're asking them to do, because that's kind of the, the root of it as well. You, you know, golfers might go work with a swing coach and that guy might be saying, Hey, I need you to, you know, need you to rotate those hips better. Well, like you said, you might not be able to, and that's where someone like myself comes in. We establish a team around the athlete where I work in conjunction with a swing coach to say, Hey, listen, these are the physical limitations that, you know, that Matt's presenting with. Here's what we're going to do in the gym to kind of resolve that from my end. And then, you know, you tell me what you're working with um, from the swing perspective. And that forms a great kind of team approach, which is again, part of the philosophy and part of making junior golfers, um, you know, maximize the potential on the golf course. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see, well, not starting. I mean, it's been in play for quite a while now at this point, but you know, where the golfers really have a team around them because, you know, I think historically maybe there were people that were working (laughs) against the grain coaches in different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, it kind of just helps bring more synergy, I think, to help that junior golfer out. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where I think a lot of the, the notoriety comes from, you know, watching the guys on tour on TV. So then you see, Oh, you know, well, yeah, the, the tour pros have a team, but you can have a team as a, as a regular golfer as well, right? You, that just means that you have someone that's going to look out for your fitness, that's going to look out for your swing coach. Maybe you have a, you know, a massage therapist or chiropractor or someone else that's going to look after your medical. I mean, you don't have to be a professional to have people to look out for you and give you their area of expertise to make you better. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, I think if you go back, I don't know, 15, 20, let's say pre-Tiger era, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where Tiger came in and and really kind of, I think, opened up that fitness piece to the golf game. Um, I think there were maybe some stamps on it where, you know, people didn't want to get too bulky. They didn't want to be, you know, limited in their flexibility. But I think now we've seen, you know, just a big shift in, in exactly what you do proving that, you know, you don't have to be a bodybuilder, right? We're just working on strength training, mobility and and movement. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, I'd love to. There's been a, there's been odd and negative stigma surrounding fitness with golf for a very long period of time. And it, like you said, it dates back a long time ago. And even when Tiger kind of came in and started doing his thing, I'm the, I'm the biggest Tiger fan in the world, but some of the yeah. stuff he was doing was stupid, right? And it, sure. was not ben- it was not beneficial to him, as we all know. Now, thankfully, now he's in good hands and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But back to the original point, it's, I think people just thought, oh, you know, golfers don't need to be athletes. They just, you know, need to do a couple things and swing a golf club. Well, now we're realizing that, no, you need to be training for golf. And there are certain things that are specific to the golf swing, most notably having the proper mobility in your golf swing. So, you know, when we throw around the term golf fitness, like, what does that really mean? Basically, it means maximizing your body in terms of the way the joints are supposed to move and having functional dynamic strength that you're able to replicate into a very dynamic movement, right, which is the golf swing. So, no, you don't want to go in and lift like a bodybuilder, right? You want to train your entire body. You want to get, um, you know, what we call full body integrated movements. You want to be doing things like squats and deadlifts and lunges and rows and, and things that are going to maximize your body's output. So golf fitness has come a long way. I still think we're still, you know, on the early stages, I think in the next two, three, five years, it's going to continue to explode where hopefully guys like myself are working with not just the best players in the world, but 
people from all over, from country clubs and junior players and colleges and high schools and, and implementing strategies to tell people to say, like, listen, guys, this is what you should be doing because it's kind of at the point now, especially more at the competitive junior and amateur level, where if you're not doing something that is working with someone like myself or, or doing some type of golf fitness program, you're going to be lagging behind. And that's sure. a huge component. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so do you see the growth then in that area just being like you're describing just the breadth of people that you're able to touch or the folks that are in your industry? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. I mean, there, there are more people like myself now out there, right? You know, TPS certified coaches who are, who are working just with golfers or a far majority of our clients are golfers. And also like, like what I like to say is, one of my visions is I want to be able to walk onto a driving range at a, at a club one day and see people warming up properly. Mm. Right. And like, yeah. not just, not just swinging a club around in a circle and bending over and touching their toes, whacking five balls and cracking a beer and going to the first team. Right. <laughs> right, right. You know, like I, I want to see people actually taking the time to, to go through their, their warmups and getting their bodies prepped. So expansion in terms of just knowledge of what you should be doing, but also expansion in terms of just the amount of people that are going to accept what golf fitness is in terms of getting them better. And like I said, that, yeah. that doesn't just mean at the professional level, um, you know, it's mini tours, it's amateur golf, it's colleges, it's country clubs, and especially junior players who, if they start to implement these strategies early on, the, I mean, the, the potential's through the roof. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Coming from the academy world, I saw a mix. I saw, you know, some really good, well-rounded athletes. And then I saw some folks that started at a really young age and specialized specifically in golf. Mm -hmm. And I think you would categorize them more as like, uh, you know, they may have a really pretty golf swing, um, but they just may not be athletic. Can you just talk about the importance of being an athlete? Um, you know, whether it's, a multi-sport athlete that is, is somebody that their primary focus is golf, but maybe they're playing basketball in the winter to keep some different skills or wrestling or just different stuff like that, where you can, you know, bring some different skill sets in that are good for golf. Yeah. I, I appreciate you asking that question because it's so important. <clears throat> One of my biggest things and principles when I, when I talk to or deal with a junior player is you need to be an athlete first. I am, I am a huge proponent of junior players playing multiple sports, not specializing in anything, and we're in this case golf, up until a certain age. I mean, I'm talking like 15, 16, 17 years old. I mean, okay. I, I, think, I think building a solid foundation of the more tools and athletic ability that you have it's going to eventually make you better. You know, they can teach you how to swing a golf club, right? They can teach you a skill of swinging a golf club, but you know, generating speed, having power, having, you know, being able to change direction. So, you know, things that you can get playing soccer, playing basketball, playing lacrosse, whatever. I mean, I was a baseball player my whole life. So sure. um, I, I could not be more of a proponent of that, of, of multi-sport athletes, especially when they're young. I mean, even when I was playing baseball, I remember kids that, you know, you know, we were like 13, 14 years old and, you know, we thought we were pretty good. And then you, you try to get a swing coach, you know, you get this kind of coach and this kind of coach. And it's like, guys, no, just, just do your thing, right? Be as <laughs> right. athletic as you can. And if you're that special, if you're that good, then, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll figure out a path to say, okay, this is what I need to be doing. But, yeah. you know, seeing, seeing nine and 10 year olds out there, you know, bashing a thousand balls a day and that's all they're doing like you said they're they're lacking that athletic ability that you could be gaining 
from just having more tools in your tool toolbox when it comes to how your body moving. So yeah. um, again, huge, huge proponent of that, especially in junior players. Well, what would you say to those? So you're a baseball player. I play baseball as well. I fortunate or unfortunate. I just never had to deal with the, some of the stigmas that come along with the baseball swing and the golf swing, you know, the, mm-hmm. and how it crosses over because mm-hmm. I, was a left-handed batter and I golf right-handed, which is kind of weird. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just what happened. I started playing golf left-handed and then I switched when I was real young and I never switched right-handed in baseball. So I just kept it that way. Um, but I assume you've swung from the same side in both golf and baseball. So yes. I mean, what would you yeah. say to those folks that are like, oh, I don't want to play baseball and golf. I'm going to ruin my swing. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it, they're, they're two different things. Um, yeah. I think, I think first of all, baseball is going to give you good hand-eye coordination, so it's going to help you with contact in the golf swing. I am by no means a swing coach and don't pretend to be, but the, you know, the paths are different. However, one thing that I think is extremely beneficial that you can gain from playing another rotary-based sport is what we call the firing sequence. So being able to have your body fire properly in terms of if you think about the golf swing, when you take the club and you're at the top of your backswing, and you're about to start the transition into your downswing, there is a specific order that your body needs to move at in order to maximize your speed, your distance, and your consistency and impact. And that sequence is pretty simple. Your hips need to move first, then your torso, then your arms, and then the golf club, right? So there is a, there is a repeatable data set that if you see the best players in the world, this is what they do. And it happens across the board. So in baseball, you can still teach those same mechanics. They can help you with your golf swing. Um, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to mess up your swing by doing one thing or the other. And if you're ever really that concerned, just go work with the swing coach, right? They'll <laughs> help you with the, with that stuff. But as far as how the body works and how you're supposed to fire things, yeah. any type of rotary based sport is going to give you just more practice at that, which is great. Yeah. Um, a little bit earlier, you mentioned, you were talking about just proper warm up. Um, can you talk through a little bit deeper and try to paint a picture? Obviously, we're on a podcast. So, of, you know, time frame, you know, pre-practice or pre-round, you know, dynamic warm-ups and what that looks like. Yeah, I uh, let me see how I could best describe this. I think first and foremost, it is not a large time commitment. I think we're talking five, ten minutes tops in order to get your body just kind of moving the way that it should get you a couple drills to get the body right. So when we're thinking about a warm up, right, we're, we want to do a couple things. We want <clears throat> to increase our body's temperature, right? Get some blood flowing, right? We want to mobilize the tissue and the joints in the body. And we want to prepare for what we're about to do, right? That's the point of a warm up is, is prepare the body for the stimulus that it's about to take place. So when it comes to golf, it's important to make sure that we're spending time focusing on the hips, the upper back, right, which we call the T-spine, like the area where your shoulder blades are, your thoracic spine, and your shoulders, right? Those three joint segments are going to be the ones that we need to create mobility from, and they're going to be the ones that we want to make sure have adequate range of motion so that we can swing a golf club properly. So if you're thinking warm-up, you know, you're thinking a couple, a couple of movements, when it, whether you're on the driving range or whether you're at home where, you know, maybe you go through some, some hip hinges, or maybe you go through some single leg swings or some stork rotations or, you know, things like that to get the hips moving, even just body weight squats, right? Something like that to get your hips moving. And then you can build in some movements that, that require some upper body rotation where you're kind of swinging the golf club a little bit side to side. Um, and maybe some shoulder drills. I can, 
um, I can send you a link, by the way, separately for some mobility yeah. exercises and some warm-up drills that I have in my library. But um, I think just kind of for general purposes, short five, 10 minutes, nothing crazy, focusing on moving the body as one unit just to get it moving with a special emphasis with golfers on the hips, the upper back, and the shoulders. Okay. And that's just going to make sure that, you know, everything's warmed up and firing properly. And, you know, a lot of what you talk about, I know in your content is just pain management or playing golf pain free. Um, And that's really going to help with that. I mean, I think consistency is the key, right? You can't just go out there one time and, you know, warm up the right way and and think that you're going to fix everything. But can you just talk about pain management and, you know, what you believe? Yeah. So quick, quick backstory for you. So I mentioned I played college baseball while I was playing. I would, I was in some pain. My back was bothering me. We were doing a lot of heavy lifting and finally it got to the point where I just, I just couldn't swing. So I ended up having to go get an x-ray and found out that I actually had a spinal fracture in my, um, in my spinal column. So I was kind of out of commission. I was in pain. I was, um, it was my senior year and I was pretty bummed. So a lot of the things that we were doing in the weight room, we were not doing properly. We were never really instructed as far as what we should be doing and what the form should be. And at that point, you know, you're a division one athlete. You're just trying to lift as much weight as you can and, and think you're awesome. Right. So right. I, I got hurt. I got hurt bad and it kind of derailed me a little bit. So when I started my personal training career, I knew that I wanted to not only fix myself and learn how I should be doing things better, but also make sure that people don't have to go through that same stuff, especially when it comes to playing sports, because I think everyone that's listening to this can agree that no one wants to be in pain, right? That's number one. So one of my biggest things, and because it's so prevalent, is talking about how to reduce or eliminate lower back pain in golfers, right? I've been there. I I, I know the experience, and I also know the best strategies to avoid that pain from coming up. So when it comes to playing pain-free golf, I mean, that's step number one, and it all begins with taking care of your body. And and in terms of, like you said before, consistency, training mobility the right way. And I don't just mean bending over and touching your toes and doing a static hamstring stretch, right? I mean, that's not what I'm talking about here. It's it's way more in depth than that. But at the same time, if you do these things intentionally and you focus on them and you spend a few minutes doing them each day, you're going to move better. You're going to feel better. And a lot of those aches and pains that you deal with are going to just slowly go away. Right. I mean, how yeah. often do you do you play with someone or you hear like, oh, you know, I got to wait till the fifth hole to kind of warm up. Right. And that's when <laughs> right. the swing starts getting better. Like, that, that's crap. Right. Like, no, like, yeah. you should be you should be ready to go from the first hole. Right. And then on the, and on the flip side, you get the other guys that by, you know, the 14th, 15th hole, they can't even stand up straight because they're in so much pain. Right. Because yeah. their back's kind of letting them down. So that is one of my major focus points. It's one of my. um you know, core values of my business is to teach people how to play pain-free golf. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, I remember when I was a kid, I mean, I found he was flat out on the floor a couple of times, ended up, he had a herniated disc in his lower back. My dad played college golf at Ole Miss. Um, Still a strong player to this day. And, um, you know, he didn't want to go to the surgery route, try to do everything that he could do to, Mm -hmm. you know, fix it himself, which he ended up doing. And I think, I want you to talk about maybe some misconceptions when it comes to, you know, pain. And because for my dad, what he was able to do, you know, not in a, not in a stupid way because he didn't want to, you know, hurt himself further, but, you know, started doing some more, you know, stretches and some strength training for his legs and his back. And I think some people, I guess what I'm getting at is 
think that, you know, an injury, while you may need some time to rest and recover, um, they think they need to step away completely, you know, from working out or doing stuff like that. What my dad found was, you know, it actually helped him recover better because he was strengthening those muscles that were then going to help support the rest of his body, right? Yeah, spot on. I think, um, you know, a misnomer is, oh, I'm in pain. I'm going to take time off and not do anything and then just step back into it. Well, no, then you're in the same position you started in, right? You right. have to do the things to actually fix the root cause of the problem. And another huge misconception, uh, I just talked about this in actually my, my last Instagram post, is people think they have pain somewhere. We'll just call it the lower back right now, right? So people think they have low back pain. But a lot of times, and based upon how the body is designed, where you feel pain isn't where the actual source of the problem is. Mm. So a lot of times what happens is people think, oh, my low back's tight. Well, maybe their hips stink, right? Maybe their sure. hips don't move the way that they're supposed to. Or yeah. maybe they don't have any upper body rotation. So what happens is then the area, low back in this case, <clears throat> tries to help, right? Tries to compensate, and tries to aid in the movement. And that's what we don't want. So if we fix the actual problem, get someone's hips moving better, improve upper body rotation. A lot of times that back pain just goes away. Now in the scenario like where your dad, where he has an actual, okay, structural problem with mm -hmm. his lumbar spine, then the approach is, heck, we need to strengthen his core. We need to make sure that his, that his flexibility is good. We need to make sure that he's moving properly in terms of form, making sure that like, again, not to get too you know, geeky or whatever, but like that his pelvis is in the right position, right? Like all these things are going to be ways to help diminish this type of pain. Um, so those are the two things that we really target and pinpoint early on. It's first and foremost, is the pain actually where they think it is, right? And that's where we go through our analysis and our assessment. And, and then secondary, if they actually do have a diagnosed injury or pain in a specific area, okay, well, what are the things that we can do to help best support that area for movement? Because the last thing you want to do is not move, right? That's sure. just not going to make anything better. Right, right. Yeah, I learned that firsthand probably, I don't know, eight years ago, 10 years ago, I had pain in my left knee. And mm -hmm. I thought I had a knee issue. And it turned out it was my hips. So I do yeah. a, lot of, a lot of hip uh, mobility and, and flexibility things to, to open those up and make them, you know, move a little bit better too. So that's right. Um, where would you suggest that somebody starts if they, you know, do have pain like that and they're just trying to figure out, you know, is it my, actually my knee or is it my back? You know, what do people do in those cases? Yeah, great question. So that's the beauty of the TPI family. Uh, you can find a TPI provider near you on their website. Um, obviously now with access to social media and things like that, you can just find someone like myself as well. But the number one thing to do is, is to actually go get assessed by somebody. Um, and that could be a medical professional or a fitness professional. And obviously if someone's in your area and in person, great, you can do that. But um, I mean, I do virtual assessments with people all the time from all over the country, all over the world. So it's something that can be done very easily. And what that would allow you to do is again, where your restrictions may be, because I can sit there and say, like, I would be able to look at you and you're like, ah, I got left knee pain. But if I ran you through our hip assessments, right. And chances are your left hip probably wasn't working the way that it's supposed to, you know, I'd be like, all right, Matt, like, here's what we're going to focus on, right? We're going to try this. And that's going to, we're going to see how that does with the knee. So the, the first step is to reach out to an, to a professional, to an expert in their field and say, Hey, listen, I need to be assessed or analyzed to figure out what the actual problem is. And that's, 
thankfully now with the beauty of technology and stuff, I mean, you can reach out to anybody anywhere yeah. and, and have, and have that type of support, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you do that. So how do people get in contact with you if, if that's something that they're looking to do? Yeah, of course. So um, you can find me on Instagram. It's just at coach Mike Mac, uh, all one word. And Instagram is kind of my primary, primary uh, source for content. So I post a lot of stuff on there and you could have all, um, obviously access to that social media, but then also I have my website, which is again, just coachmikemac.com. And on there just gives you the basic rundown of about me and, and my services and my training programs and, um, anywhere from, you know, entry level stuff all the way to really, really highly customized coaching plans. So like I said, I work with people from, you know, I think I have a 11 year old girl, client up to um you know people in their 70s yeah. and i have you know professional golfers amateur golfers junior players someone that just wants to go out and break 100 it doesn't matter um it's all the same premise as far as we need to analyze how the body moves and then go from there okay um this is a little bit of a shift but i noticed in a lot of your videos uh, that you do a lot of stuff barefoot can oh, you yeah. can you talk about that <clears throat> yeah sure so i I, I train barefoot almost all the time. I'm hardly ever in shoes unless when it's cold. But yeah. so the, the reason, the reasoning behind that is, is pretty simple. So the more that I can engage with my environment, right? When my feet can contact the floor, it's going to help me with, um, you know, you heard the term proprioception before, just like body awareness, right? Sure. It's going to help you engage a little bit more with the ground and to kind of relate it even more to golf. You hear a lot of terms like, you know, ground reaction force or, or pushing into the ground, right. Or using the ground, like that stuff is all true, right. The harder that you push into the floor, it's going to actually push back into you. So you look at a guy like Rory who kind of has that little like mini squat in his downswing right. and he kind of really pushes hard in, with that left leg. That's, that's how he generates power that and how fast his hips move. But when you engage with the ground, when you, when you, um, you know, the more you're intact with your environment, it's going to enhance your proprioception. It's going to enhance your stability, and then it's going to just make you stronger as well. So, okay. um, yes, I'm, I'm barefoot. Now, that being said, I would tell, I would not tell someone who has never worked out barefoot before, hey, ditch, ditch your sneakers and just go crazy now barefoot, <laughs> right? Because um, that can lead to problems as well. Yeah, but you know, take them off for five or ten minutes. Start with some lunges. Start with some patterns that are going to really force you to have to really create some balance and stability. And then little by little, you can expand how much you're, you know, with or without shoes. Yeah. I know that I think you're going to know where I'm going with this because it's a pretty hot topic right now. I know you've been engaging on it with social media. Um, junior players, parents, I uh, think even some coaches obviously pay a lot of attention to what's going on with high level athletes, specifically professional athletes. Um, and in this sense, golf. So yep. there's a video uh, yesterday with Justin Thomas yep. uh, doing an exercise uh, with his fitness coach. And I just want you to talk about that a little bit. And um, All right. So the, the question has come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just uh, for those that don't know, yeah. there was a video yesterday that surfaced where Justin Thomas posted a video of himself kneeling on a exercise ball. Um, making golf swings. And I think there was a quote or a caption was something about working on core. Is that correct? Yes. Something of that nature. Yep. Okay. Um, what did you think about that? 
Yeah. So actually, this no, I, I no, I appreciate the question, and we'll definitely this this will be a good conversation. But it's actually kind of funny. I was interviewed for a podcast. I think the day after. Do you remember when Brooks Kepka posted his video of doing the bench press thing, like right before the major or something yes. like that? Yeah. I so I got the same question about that the day after. So it was just kind of funny. <laughs> um, but okay, so about the Justin Thomas thing, um, let me first say right, like uh, no, I'm not trying to talk bad or bash anybody whatsoever jt i'm a huge jt fan um one of the best players in the world super talented okay that being said that video that he posted is just silly um it's 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 a circus trick um it is by no means a safe and effective exercise i think the first thing that jumped out to me when i saw that was holy crap this is dangerous Right. I mean, you have yeah. a top, you know, top five player in the world kneeling on a stability ball, swinging a golf club. Like what happens if he falls? Right. So, I mean, we're looking at risk versus reward right away. And for me, the risk is just so much higher than the reward in that particular drill. Yeah. Then you want to actually like, OK, let's analyze what they're actually talking about. So, you know, but something about oh, JT's crazy core training. That's not core training, guys. <laughs> uh, it's not okay. It's like yeah. I said. It's a it's a silly kind of balance trick. Um, how do I say this? When it comes to things like that, people get so caught up in seeing a high level player doing that. And my biggest takeaway is just I want the regular golfer, the junior player, to know like that's not what you should be doing, right? That is sure. that isn't just not what it's about. Um, there are a million different core exercises that are safer and much more effective than what we saw in that video. Um, you know, who knows if they're just kind of like maybe half joking around seeing what he right. can do, but like they, they seemed kind of serious about it. So um, it, it has sparked a lot of conversation in the golf fitness community. A lot of it has been good because it's given people like myself a chance to come on platforms like this and just talk about, Hey, guys, like that's not what you should be doing, right? That's not the best way to train. Right. We don't need, we don't need unstable surfaces. Golf is played on the ground. Let's train on the ground, right? I, we, we just talked about being barefoot and engaging with the environment. Now we're flipping it to he's kneeling on a ball, right? Mm-hmm. We don't play, we don't play golf kneeling on a ball. And then the final component of it, which a lot of people don't realize is he's actually swinging a super speed stick, which yeah. is not an actual, it's not a golf club. It's a, it's a, it's a stick what we call for overspeed training. Yeah. And the, the entire purpose of super speed is to swing those sticks as fast as you possibly can. And again, you're not generating any speed whatsoever when you're kneeling on the stability ball. So it's just there's just a lot of things wrong with it. And it's just a little tough because it got so much attention. Cause he's so, you know, cause he's famous and, you know, you got people, you know, it's on golf digest and it's on this and it's on that. And it's just, I think it's just kind of diluting what the golf fitness industry really is. And I just wish it was a little bit more, um, an educational platform as to guys like, okay, listen, this is a, this is a circus trick. All right. This is no one should be doing that, including him. Even if he can, he shouldn't be doing that. Um, you know, there are, there are far, far better and safer ways to go about training. So I hope that kind of answers your question without being too, um, you know, without talking bad to anybody or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't bring it up by any means to, you know, bash JT or anything like that. No, no, I'm, I just I'm think a big... it's, it's an important topic, right? Cause yeah, it is. I absolutely. Mean, I would in the Academy world when I was there, 
you know, take fitness out of it. You're just talking about instruction. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of junior players that can get caught up and, you know, the power of social media mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. It's powerful. Right. So, sure. I mean, there's a lot of videos out there. I used to see a lot of kids watch videos and, and try to swing it a certain way because a right. certain person did it that way. And, you know, you said it earlier in, in different words, maybe, but everybody's body is different. You know, everybody's movement is a little bit different. You know, what they're capable of is a little bit different. So I think it's good to maybe try to emulate certain things. um, But at the same time, if you're trying to do something that you yourself physically cannot do, or that's like you said, dangerous, maybe um, it's just not really a safe thing to go about doing, Uh, or it just could be unproductive in general, if you're talking about instruction too. Exactly. And I think that's the, that's the combination, right? It's not safe, nor is it productive. So that's where it's just kind of like, it's a double whammy of you just shouldn't be doing this. Right. And, <laughs> and, and with the kids that are going to try to emulate stuff, it's like, yeah, we all want to try to swing like Adam Scott. Right. But it's just, we're not, some of us aren't built like that. We're not built like Dustin Johnson who can turn like a, like, you know, like a freak. Right. So we can't yeah. do those things, but when it comes to things in the weight room and stuff that we're seeing online, Unfortunately, a lot of times with social media, it's the it's the flashy, cool, shiny kind of exercise that gets a lot of attention. But is it necessarily the best? And a lot of times the answer is no. So how do you I mean, you're, you you engage a lot on social media. I mean, what what would your advice be to this audience, either parents or or junior players about like, how do you decide what you're going to pay attention to and what you're not? Man, that's a heck of a question. Um, I, I think uh, – no, I mean because that's something I literally struggle with every single day. Or like when I'm sitting there trying to produce my content or, or talk to my clients and, or program, it's like, okay, there is so much information out there, right? How do I differentiate and distinguish what I do or what's good for people compared to all the other stuff out there, right? And I think – I mean – a lot of it is rooted in education, right? So, I mean, certain people just kind of know how the body is supposed to move and they're going to give you good quality scientific evidence-based, you know, here's what you should be doing in order to get stronger, better, faster, whatever that might be, right? Yeah. But at the same at the same time, I think what also kind of should stand out for parents or, you know, looking to get started with a fitness program for themselves or their kids is like, you know, does that person really care, right? Are they passionate about what they do? Or is it just something where they're just kind of like blasting out like silly exercises, just trying to gain attention or followers, right? So what what I try to do is I I try to look at my post and say, okay, how can I, like, what kind of value can I give to these people reading this? So I might talk about how hip mobility can improve lower back pain, or I might talk about, hey, these are the, these are my five favorite core exercises, you know? as opposed to balancing on a stability ball, right? Maybe we can do some anti-rotation presses and some planks and some hollow holds and, and just literally give people information and value and videos to say like, okay, like not only does this know what he's talking about, right? He's, he's an expert in his field, but he cares enough to say, okay, let me, let me guide you along what's right. And whether that means working with me, I mean, if they do great, but if not, I want them to leave saying, okay, I learned something. And, and it's yeah. not just about like, oh, let me just post the video of me lifting how much weight I can possibly do. Or, you know, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be about serving people and providing value no matter what the person is, whether they're interested in training or not. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that 
Yeah, that's why I started this podcast. And for those of you that have been listening, you know, for the past uh, eight episodes, this is our ninth one. Um, you know, the, the quality of my delivery, I think, has increased. But in terms of the quality of the guest, um, I think that it's been quality from start to finish, because that's what I'm really trying to help you guys with is bring on quality people that I've done some homework on that I think are doing things the right way. And Mike's one of those guys, otherwise I wouldn't even be talking to him right now. Um, and so, yeah, that would be my advice too, is just really pay attention and just ask yourself, you know, um, you know, in your gut, you know, do you feel like this person's really trying to bring you value or, you know, or are they just like Mike said, you know, looking to, to grow, you know, uh, a social media page or something like that, just with, um, you know, a bunch of content and hashtags and and stuff like that. But, um, well, let's see, we've we've been chatting for about 40 minutes. I want to be conscious of your time, but, um, can you talk a little bit more about your specific programs, um, with the movement Academy? And then you've got something else called golf fitness mastermind. Is that correct? Yes. So with the mastermind, I, I started and created a group um, of golf fitness professionals. We all met down at the summit uh, last October, and I wanted to put together a group of people that are like-minded professionals that we can kind of learn, grow from one another, and then eventually really just expand to provide the marketplace with a ton of value. So I created this group. There's about 15 or 20 of us right now scattered throughout the country. And it's just, you know, the best of the best in the golf fitness world. So we get together, we talk about strategies, we talk about, um, you know, ways to grow value to the marketplace, and you'll be seeing a lot more from us soon. Um, So that's that end of it. But as far as the actual training programs that I offer, um, again, you can find those at coachmikemack.com. I have a few of them, but I kind of keep it really simple. I have a, I have like a low level entry program. I have a customized monthly program, and then I have kind of my, my baby, my big picture program, which is called the Golf Movement Academy. Um, that's a 12-week program. It's completely online for golfers, checks the box in terms of a complete wellness program, everything from you know, cardiovascular schedules to nutrition to workouts to assessments. Um, all of my programs, you have exercise videos attached to them from my YouTube page and, and ways that you can access um, – other things for me. So I offer a lot of different options for people, but the heart, the heart of it is, is very simple. We're going to hop on the phone. We're going to talk. We're going to make sure that you understand what the program is because there is no magic pill, right? It's about understanding that it's going to take hard work and commitment. So I offer a free coaching call for any person that wants to talk to me and they can just fill out a short survey form on my Instagram to, to set that up. But then as far as the programs themselves, everything is rooted based off of that TPI assessment, like we talked about before, in terms of figuring out what your body is supposed to do. And then I build out the programs for you. We're in constant communication online. We have FaceTime or Skype assessments. We do check-ins. And you're, I mean, honestly, from training in person for a long time to training online now, I feel like I provide more accountability and access to my online clients than I ever did to my one-on-ones, right? Because one-on-ones, like you see them, okay, the hour's done, then like, see you later, right? Sure. But like with the online space, there's constant communication, there's check-ins, I'm like, they're sending me videos to check form. Um, it's just a whole nother level and I love it. And, and obviously the potential to be able to grow and work with people from wherever, it makes it super special. So um, yeah, I absolutely love what I do. It, it's it's awesome and it's fun working with golfers from from any different realm in terms of just chatting with them and, and saying, all right, you know, here's the plan. Here's how it's going to work. And I, it's been a great success. 
That's awesome. Uh, any kind of last things that you want to share with this community just about, you know, whether it's advice uh, about fitness or just anything about, you know, golf or juniors in general? Yeah. I mean, I think I would say just, you know, first of all, have fun, <laughs> have fun with the process. I think a lot of people get so caught up in things and thinking they have to do every little thing under the sun. It's like, enjoy yourself, have fun. Um, make sure you ask questions. If you don't know, reach out to people in the industry or whatever you might, you know, whatever path you want, ask questions. And then when it comes down to the fitness side of things, honestly, keep it simple. It, it, it's so easy to get caught up in a, in a workout fad or, or jumping from one program to the next. But, you know, there's a reason why the fundamentals and the basics have been around for so long. It's because they work. (laughs) And it's because, you know, if you go talk to any of the top people in the industry, they're going to tell you the same thing, right? And that's when you know, okay, I should probably listen to this. So, um, you know, fitness is a huge component in the game. It's going to continue to be one. So make sure you take it seriously. And if there's any way that I can help anybody that's listening to this, please don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate you joining us. And guys, um, you know, I believe in what Coach Mike does. I've been following him for a little while now. Uh, I really like the stuff that he puts out. And, um, you know, I would take advantage of, of him offering his time and, and services, um, you know, to be able to, to work with him and to improve your game and your, and your fitness and your flexibility and mobility. Super important to golf. So, um, Mike, thanks a lot. I really appreciate your time. No, Matt, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the platform, but it's been really fun talking with you. Awesome. Well, have a great day. You too. All right. Well, guys, that does it for episode nine of Junior Golf Keys. Really appreciate you tuning in. Um, I know that Mike brought some good value to you guys, and I uh, hope you're able to take something away. Golf uh, fitness and movement and flexibility and Making sure that uh, we're taking care of our bodies is just such a super important piece uh, to the game of golf um, and just life in general. So um, thanks for tuning in. As I always ask, if you guys took any value away from the show, uh, please share it. Please leave a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on some future guests that we have coming up. Uh, Really looking forward to the lineup of people we have coming on. I appreciate you guys tuning in and I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.